Good morning and welcome to all of you. Just a short word about um, things that are changing. Um, for many of you, you probably feel, and I think we would probably all say that, that um, winter has been about two years long. As we've listened to different um, conversations about restrictions being lifted, um, some of you who have been wearing your heavy coats and toques and mitts and scarves are ready to rip them all off. And some of you are saying, I'm just not quite warm enough yet. And as you look at each other, um, remember that. Um, and uh, I pray that you would pray for the board as they um, will listen to the weather reports, figure out um, which comes off first, the mitts or the toque, uh, or the scarf or the jacket, and um, keep your eyes and ears open for um, announcements coming up and uh, just leadership for that. And that's all I'll say about that. Um, I invite you to join me as I read um, a litany from the book by Fran Platt. I uh, just pray you would close your eyes and listen in. For this God is our God forever and ever. God will be our guide even to the end. Psalm 48, 14. God, we find ourselves at a moment when decisions are to be made and direction must be chosen. We seek your light and your guidance. We desire to honor you in all that we do. In each breath we take, every goal, every action, every thought, every interaction. We acknowledge that our choices matter, but that you are the author, creator, and beginner. We acknowledge our smallness and our potential, and we acknowledge that we are connected to a great big world, parts of a body, to acknowledge that an acts of love reverberate to all of the world. May all we do and all we choose be done with love, that we may be not a clanging cymbal or a gong, but beautiful music filling the earth. Help us to bravely step out into that path of peace, trusting in your help along the way. Amen. Our Old Testament reading for this morning is from Psalm chapter 2. Like many passages from our scripture, um, a psalm that can be read in many, different, in many different directions and they all apply. Why is it that the nations plan evil together? Why is it that they make useless plans? The kings of the earth rise up against the Lord. <clears throat> the rulers of the earth join together against the anointed king. Let us break free of those chains, they say. Let us throw off those ropes. The God who sits on his throne in heaven laughs. The Lord makes fun of those rulers and all of their plans. When he is angry, he warns them. When his anger blazes out, he terrifies them. He says to them, I have placed my king on my holy mountain in Zion, and I will announce what the Lord has promised. He said to me, you are my son. Today, I have become your father. Ask me, and I will give the nations to you. All the nations on earth will belong to you. You will break them with an iron scepter. You will smash them to pieces like pots of clay. Kings, be wise. Rulers of the earth, be warned. Serve the Lord and have respect for him. Celebrate his rule with trembling. Obey the Son completely, or he will be angry. Your way of life will lead to your own death. His anger can blaze out at any moment. Blessed are all of those who seek the Lord for safety. The word of God for God's people.
that's a newer song that we've um, been singing. Uh, the next couple of songs we do have in our um, worship binders that this group has, um, but we haven't sang them for a while, so maybe the, you'll have forgotten them as well. Um, if you don't want to sing along, that's okay. Read the words and uh, think about those as well. <clears throat> Bye. 
you to turn in your Bibles to Luke 10. I'll be reading from verses 1 to 22, and I'll be reading from the New International Reader's Version. Jesus sends out the 72. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others. He sent them out two by two ahead of him, They went to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is huge, but the workers are few. So ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals and don't greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, may this house be blessed with peace. If some there someone there works to bring peace, your blessing of peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there and eat and drink anything they give you. Workers are worthy of their pay. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is given to you. Heal the sick people who are there. Tell them, God's kingdom has come near to you. But what if you enter a town and are not welcomed? Then go into its street and say, We wipe our feet from even the dust of your town. We do it to warn you. But here is what you can be sure of. God's kingdom has come near. I tell you this. On judgment day, it will be easier for Sodom than for that town. How terrible it will be for you, Corazon. How terrible for you, Bethsaida. Suppose the miracles done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon. They would have turned away from their sins long ago. They would have put on the rough clothing people wear when they are sad. They would have sat down in ashes. On Judgment Day, it would be easier for Tyre and Sidon to go than for you. But what about you, Capernaum? Will you be lifted up to the heavens? No, you will go down to the place of the dead. Whoever listens to you listens to me, but whoever does not accept you does not accept me. But whoever does not accept me does not accept the one who sent me. The 72 returned with joy. They said, Lord, even the demons obey us when we speak in your name. And Jesus replied, 
I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to walk all over snakes and scorpions. You will be able to destroy all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. But do not be glad when the evil spirits obey you. Instead, be glad that your names are written in heaven. At that time, Jesus was so full of joy through the Holy Spirit. He said, I praise you, Father. You are the Lord of heaven and earth. You've hidden these things from wise and educated people, but you have shown them to little children. Yes, Father, this is what you wanted to do. My Father has given all things to me. The Father is the only one who knows who the Son is. And the only one, ones who know who the Father are, the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to make the Father known. Let's bow now to dismiss the little ones to Children's Church. God, we want to pray for the little ones of our congregation. We thank you for each and every one of them. Lord, we pray that as they go to Children's Church now, they will be met with new lessons about you that will stick with them throughout their lives. We pray also for the teacher. Give them the words to say. We also want to pray a blessing on our meeting this morning. All these things we put before you. Amen. All right. Children's Church, uh, down the hall and that way. Follow the herd. If you have your bulletins on you, now is the time to take those out. Uh, first off, I will say that today is communion. And so if you uh, did not manage to pick up a little cup like this on your way in, then between now and at the end of the sermon, wander back there and pick one up. As we look at our bulletin, uh, Wednesday is prayer meeting, 7 p.m., uh, 7.30. Uh, youth will be at the church this week. Uh, worship service, 10.45 a.m. next week. Uh, March 4th to 6th, that is coming up real soon. Uh, contact Emily Wright if you want to help out at the Valley View uh, Tubing Hill that week. I would uh, encourage that. That was a good time when I did it. I would say uh, you should give it a try too. If you are not in a small group and you want to be, contact Dakota Gunther. If you don't have her contact information, then get in touch with me and I'll pass you on. Uh, some other things that uh, aren't on here that I want to point out. Uh, at the end of the uh, service today, uh, meet at the back. We are looking to collect gifts uh, for our college kids. There we go. Uh, we want to do care packages. And so uh, meet at the back. Beyond that, uh, I will be gone on uh, paternity leave from, well, the, the entire month of March, but starting already on February 27th, we are going to have a guest speaker. And uh, the reason I want to point that out is, is because from February 27th all the way to March 27th, we are going to be having a missions month here at the church. All of the speakers between those two days for that month are missionaries that are either serving here in town or at organizations that are Canada-wide or organizations that are clear across the world. And so I want everybody to get excited about how they will see God working not just amongst us but also broader than that. So Missions Month, February 27th to March 27th, get excited for that. Also, while I am on paternity leave for that month, if you need to contact the church, uh, then if you have a caregiving concern, uh, get in touch with one of our deacons, uh, Donna Thiessen and David and Tammy Cruz. Uh, if you have 
uh, something that you want for facilities for the church itself, get in touch with Ron Sawatsky over there. And if it is something uh, that is related to the management of the church, get in touch with Jeff Thiessen. I'll be saying that again uh, next week and in the emails I sent out. Speaking of the emails that I send out, if you are not currently on the emailing list for the church, but you want to be and you have the internet, uh, on the website right at the bottom, you'll see that there's this newsletter subscribe part. Put your email address in there and then you will be on the list to receive those emails as well. So those are the announcements. Now, if we go to items to pray for, you can see that there are a number there. My meeting with my cardiologist is this coming, the 17th is this Thursday. Yes. So I'd ask for prayer that the news that I get from that one is the news that I'm meant to get. I'll pray for that. And the anticipated birth of question mark, question mark. Shannon and I saw that earlier and we said a dinosaur. Um, but the anticipated birth of the little one coming up. Pray that all of the things fall in line. And then also let's pray for our church as we continue on through the sermon series, also for what is to come, uh, and also a word of praise for uh, the congregational meeting and ministerial meeting that were this past week. They both went well, and so let's pray for that as well. And so let's go into a time of prayer. Dear God, we come before you this morning with a number of items in our hearts. God, first we want to bring before you the blessings that you have shown us. Lord, we thank you for our church. Lord, we thank you for this time that we have spent focusing and refocusing and looking at you. God, we pray every week that it continues to move us and continues to shape us in new ways, what you did all of those years ago. Lord, we thank you. And we also want to thank you so very much for these congregational meeting and the ministerial meeting that they went well. Lord, we thank you for the wisdom that you show and also the guidance that you give. And as we have the board meeting this coming week, we pray that you will be with the board as well. God, please give us the wisdom we need to make the decisions that need to be made, especially in light of the new opening regulations that are coming up, which will surely bring many twists and turns that we do not foresee. And so, God, we pray, show us the way. And Lord, we also want to say, Thank you very much for the weather. It's always interesting to say that to a storm, but it had been so dry for so long, and we prayed so hard for so long, and now you have definitely answered our prayers. And so, God, we pray as the melt comes that it melts in such a way that it gets into the soil, gets into the table, fills the reservoirs. Lord, this we put before you today. And God, we also want to bring before you all of the people that are in our circles that are hurting, that are sick, that are in hospital. God, we want to bring them before you, and we place them at your feet. In your name we pray, amen. All right. And today, we continue on in our series on refocusing on Christ. Uh, by reading a rather lengthy passage, uh, Luke 10, 1 to 22. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. And he told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. 
Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. There is something I want us to pick up on in this passage, and it's something that's going to be coming up an awful lot more as we get closer to the cross as the weeks roll on. And that is that many things that Jesus is teaching us are happening both in the present for him, but also in the time yet to come, in the now and also the soon to arrive, both at the same time, often in different ways now as compared to the time to come, but in both periods, it's happening all the same. This passage is a good one to pick that up in because this facet, it kind of meets us right there in verse 1 of Luke 10. Jesus, we are told, appoints 72 people to go out before him and to make clear the way for his arrival, to take up that mantle that John the Baptist had, to make clear the way for the coming of the Messiah. Why 72? If you're ever bored, you can turn to Genesis 10, and there you will find a big long list of the founders of all of the nations of the world according to the ancient Israelites. That list is a very interesting topic for a different day. But if you add each and every one of those things there up, how many do you think you get? 72. It's almost like by sending out his followers to all these towns around Israel, Jesus is also sending workers out to all the nations of the world. Something that does happen just a few short years after this with the founding of the church in the book of Acts, a future event to Jesus that we know well because we're living in that world today. And so while this 72 is happening now to Jesus, it is also foreshadowing of what is to come. While here the 72 just go to the Jews of Israel, soon all of us followers of Christ will Go out with the same task that they had. Make clear the way for the coming of the Lord across all the world. To start to build the coming kingdom that he will bring with him. And so it is that our Lord sent the 72 to the corners of Israel. But before he does that, he prepares them for a little bit of what is to come. First, the Lord levels at the 72 a plain truth. You are about to be tasked to do something big, something far beyond what any of you are capable of doing on your own. You are going to go out into the world to prepare the way for Christ who is soon to arrive. And our Lord gives them a quick comfort. Ask the Lord for the harvest for more workers in the fields. This is something the Lord of the harvest can do, send more people to help. So there is comfort in that, knowing we are not alone in what we are being sent to do. But it's more comforting still, for if the Lord is willing to raise up more workers, then you can know that what you were tasked to do is not futile, because God is not going to waste precious workers where there is not going to be anything to be done. And so, while we are being asked to do something far beyond us, God will be with us in that. And so we can know that it will be for something. 
And then Jesus once again shifts to highlight the stakes and the urgency. I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. What you have been tasked to do will not be safe, as we will soon see, but that the danger is real means this. Don't put off for tomorrow what you should be beginning today. And so go, there is much work to be done. And that, our passage continues with a long block that brings echoes of things that Christ has actually taught us before that we've gone over in weeks past. For here he tells the 72, when you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. Bless them. If someone who promotes peace is there, then your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Your blessing will be given back. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move from house to house. When you enter a town and you are welcome to eat what is offered to you, heal the sick who are there and tell them that the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and you are not welcome, go into the streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this. The kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. A quick note about that allusion to the destruction of Sodom that is there. Because that passage is read real different today as compared to how it was in Jesus' time. Because how it was understood in Jesus' time was more because Sodom was not being hospitable to the messengers that God sent. That was the cause of their destruction. That was a grievous sin at that time, not being hospitable. That's something we talked about last week. And that makes better sense of why Jesus brings up that story here. Jesus is telling the 72, if you were not welcomed in a town, then bring up what happened to the last town that messengers of God were unwelcomed in. That's in Genesis 19, if you want to read that story for yourself a different time. But why would a town be unwelcoming to the one sent by God? This we talked about several weeks ago, too, during the Sunday when Jesus spoke in his home synagogue, Luke 4, to which he was rejected and actually ran out of town himself. Then the Lord arrives. When the, war, when the Lord arrives, there we go, he will usher in a new reign, we are told there. The kingdom of God will come. The kingdom of heaven will come. In Luke 4, he's quoting Isaiah. For so many, this kingdom that will arrive when our Lord does, it will be a wonderful thing because it will see the poor lifted up. It will see the sick healed. It will see the demons driven out. It will see the blind given sight. It will see those in chains set free. It will see justice in a world that often doesn't know justice. Those who are sent by God, sent by Christ, are tasked to make clear the way for his arrival, which we'll see ushering in the new kingdom of God. 
We are even tasked to begin the early parts of the construction of that very kingdom. You can see that in verses 8 to 9, the healing, the driving out demons that comes later. That's what that is. It's building up the kingdom of God in the here and the now, a foretaste of what will be. And so many across Israel will celebrate when the 72 arrive and the message that they bring of Christ's imminent arrival because they want this. With all that they are, they want to see the kingdom come. So they will take in the 72 and they will feed them and they will drink with them and they will live a happy life with them listening about the one who is soon to come in the paradise that will be brought with him. But there are also many for whom the news that Christ sent us to deliver is not a good thing. For whom the kingdom our Lord will bring is threatening to them. Their power, those who are the reasons that the poor are poor, those who are the reasons that the sick are sick, those who put others unjustly in chains. And this is saying nothing of the powers and the principalities who command the demons themselves. They're, these are those for whom the arrival of Christ and the kingdom he will bring will be an unmitigated disaster. And so they react to this good news of the Lord in quite the different way. They deal with it just as the town of Sodom dealt with the arrival of God's messengers in Genesis 19. They harass the 72. They are inhospitable to them. They are hostile to them. They force them out. When you read of the 72 being told by Jesus here to knock the dust from their feet when you encounter these places... It's not just the 72 aren't given a warm reception and so they move on. These places where Jesus tells them to do this are the areas where the people know what the 72 have to bring and they are hostile to them anyway. And even then, the 72 don't damn them. We don't have that ability to damn people. But they give them this warning. Change your ways or else what happened to Sodom will come to you. Because no matter what you choose, to welcome in the 72 or to cast them out, Christ will come. And with him the kingdom will arrive. And how that is going to look? Well, that's a decision up to you to make. And the passage continues. With this warning for these people who will choose themselves over the arrival of our Savior, even though they know what he has to bring. And here we should remember that the 72 are preaching to fellow Jews who know the scriptures, who know what Isaiah had to say of the kingdom that God wills to usher in. It's to them that Jesus says, Woe to you, Corazon. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre or Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. That's the clothes for mourning. 
for what they did. But it'll be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment time than it will be for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted into the heavens? No, you will go down to Hades. Our Lord came from Capernaum not too long before this passage. We encounter it in Luke. Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me, but whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. Remember that a warning is only ever given in the hopes that people change. But even knowing better, some may choose for the coming kingdom to visit them harshly all the same if it means they get to live it up now. This is the message that our Lord gave as he sent out the 72 to prepare the way for him. And in time, they return. And then we read that with joy, they say, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And he replied that I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemies. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Often that phrase that I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven is taken as Jesus speaking about the past, speaking about experiences before time. But I want you to read it again, keeping in mind how the rest of this passage is understood. With that current, but also that forward-looking eye that is looking at the now, but also on the what is yet to come. That you, the 72, went out and cleared the way for the Lord meant that where you were received, where the way was made clear, Satan and the demons were cast out of that place. For there is no place for this kind of evil in the realm of the kingdom of God. That the demons themselves submitted to you in Christ's name shows this to be true. And that this is the case means that in that line, that Jesus saw Satan fall from heaven, is also foreshadowing what will be as well. For one day through the future work of Christ and his kingdom, the kingdom of God will be across every inch of creation. And when that day arrives, what place will Satan and his demons, what place will sin or evil be left to shelter. Christ sees this day. Christ saw that day. Because the coming of our Lord brings it. The coming of our Lord brought it. And soon, through the work that we, the successors of the 72, are doing, we will see that time as well. For our names, we are told, as those who made clear the way for the Lord are written in the book of heaven.
So be assured in the one that we place our faith in for when we behold him again, we will see the paradise he brings. And with that, our passage concludes by showing us this wonderful picture of the Messiah. For we read, at that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Father is except, no one knows who the Son is except the Father. And no one knows who the Father is except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. This is the Lord's joy when those tasked to clear the way of his arrival returned after being sent to all the metaphorical nations of the earth. This is also what the Lord rejoices in now that his church has been tasked to carry out the same mission to all the literal nations of the earth, both those that were, those that are, and those that will be. Those that decide to open themselves to the coming kingdom will know who our God is regardless of if they are simple children or the greatest of sages because this knowledge of who God is does not come from us. It comes from outside of us. It comes from the Son of God himself. That's why we only clear the way for our coming Lord. It's Christ himself who does the introductions. Don't forget that if you ever don't know or feel you don't know the words to share. And so this is what we do as Christians. We clear the way. We share life and the good news of Christ with those who take us in. We live life with them and we work to build the coming kingdom of God in the here and now by healing the sick and casting out evil and lifting up the poor and breaking the chains of the oppressed, bringing sight to the blind. All of the things Isaiah said so many years before Jesus even walked the earth. All of the things that Jesus reiterated that this is what he will bring with the kingdom in Luke 4. Some will receive this news joyfully and the Son will show them who God is and others, they will scorn it and be hostile to it because it stands as a threat to them. In the end, the one we clear the way for will come and with him will come the kingdom he will bring. There is a lot to take in from our passage today. Far more than 10 sermons have time to cover. But there's just one thing that I want to hit on. In our passage today, look at what the 72 are called to do when they encounter openness to Christ's message. They eat with the people, they drink with them, they heal the sick, they cast out the demons. In short, they don't just try to convert the people and move on. Instead, they live life among those open. They 
work to build the kingdom in these people's lives. That's how you clear the way for Christ. You live life with those who do not know him. And you do the kingdom work among them. There is commitment there that's not just words. It's not just one and done. But is instead an ongoing thing. It's a relational thing. And that is good news for us because while some of us are called to go out to the corners of the earth like the 72 were, most of us will be called to clear the way for Christ at home. Clear the way for the coming of the Lord in our own backyards. Often that can seem overwhelming. Often that can seem puzzling. How can we do that? Well, you live life among those who do not yet know our Lord, and you work to build in their lives a snippet of the kingdom that is to come. Or in simple language, make friends outside of the church. Get involved. And it's from this that I want us to get to our assignment for this week. And wouldn't you know it that the assignments are actually just checkups of things that I tasked you with a couple weeks back. First, while most of us will not be tasked as missionaries to go out as the 72 will, some of us will. Some of us have been. Some of us can expect that that will come even if we don't feel it now. And if you feel that pull in your life, I would encourage you to spend some time in prayer exploring it. Also, not to sound like a salesman, but February 27th to March 27th, we're having missions month here at Gregory EMC. Speakers representing missions organizations from here in town, from across the country, and across the world will be coming to speak, and all of them will be able to share with you more of what that life is. So talk to them. Listen with your ears open. And if you want to get in touch with any of them and you missed your opportunity that day, let me know. I'll get them your contact info. I can guarantee you they would love to hear from you. Also, Travis and Rosie are still out, and I think that they said they were looking for people to take them out for lunch during the week. Keep that in mind, too. And to those of us who do not feel called this way, I ask you instead, how are you doing with that other assignment that I gave you? To open your friendship horizons to those around you that are maybe not just other church people like us. How are you doing with that? As Christians, we are not called to cloister ourselves away. But instead, as we saw in our passage today, we are called to go out, to live with those who are yet to know our Lord. Make friends with those who do not yet know Christ and to begin to build his kingdom in their lives. As Christians, we are called to clear the way for the coming of the Lord, just as John the Baptist himself did. So how are you doing with that? You're taking your neighbor out for coffee? 
help them shoveling their walk, especially after today. I guess that's going to be something. Have you invited them to come to small groups? Have you worked on your friendship with them? Of course, being mindful that COVID is a thing. I think all too often we get a feeling that making friends with someone so we can share our faith with them is somehow underhanded, a switcheroo. That isn't the picture that I'm trying to get across. It's not that you make friends with people only so that you can share your faith with them. You make friends with them because everybody needs friends. Sharing your faith is brought into it because that's what you do with friends. You share the things in your life that are important to you. Like if you have talked to me for any amount of time over the past nine months, you've probably heard about Shannon and how she's doing, or Noelle and how she's doing, and my soon-to-arrive child. Why? Because that is what is important to me and what I can't shut up about just now. In the same way, you build the kingdom of God in your friends' lives because that is what friends do. They, they work hard to make their friends' lives better. There's nothing underhanded about making friends to share the gospel because to do that effectively, all you're doing is being the best friend you can be. So I again encourage you, go out, do that. Expand your social circle. The, those outside the church walls. In our passage today, we see God send us out to all the nations of the earth to prepare for his coming. My brothers and sisters, let's not put off for tomorrow what needs to be done today, because there is still a lot to do. Now, with that said, let's move on to joining those 72 in a different way. Have your little communion cup on you. I ask you take it out. Because that's what communion is. Joining with our Lord. Joining with the brothers and sisters in Christ. Not just alive now. Not just here. But across the world. In the time to come. and the time that has been as well. All of us coming together with our God. And so we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. For the tradition I received from the Lord and also handed on to you is that on the night he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread. And after he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way with the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Whenever you drink it, do this as a memorial of me. For whenever you eat this bread then and drink this cup, you are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes again. McGregor EMC, communion is open to all, member or not. If you have a little one with you, I would ask parents that you make that decision if they are there in their lives yourselves, though. We're going to go into a time of prayer a time where we put the things in our lives that are keeping us from our Lord before him. And after a few moments, we will eat and drink together. Please bow with me.
our Lord, all of these things that are keeping us from you, that are keeping us from those around us, that are damaging the world you made. Lord, we place them before you. We pray for forgiveness, God. We pray that you will be with us as we address them. In your name, we pray, amen. And together we eat. And together we drink. And now I ask that you join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I ask that you would uh, stand and join us in uh, the closing song. just remain standing for the benediction. Just a reminder uh, to meet at the back after the service to talk about putting together the care packages for our college and university students. All right, and for our benediction, we turn to the book of Numbers. May God bless you and keep you. May he let his face shine on you and be gracious to you. 
May he show you his face and to bring you peace. Go now and serve our God.